time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Well, I don't know how the weather's been in your part of the world, but in my part of the world, we've had this weird couple of days of spring. Uh, now, by the time you're listening to this, it's probably cold where I am too, but when I'm recording this, uh, it has been a couple of days of spring-like weather, which led me to have what I normally have this time of year, just a, a nice case of cabin fever, but one I could treat. So yesterday, uh, yesterday evening, I went out for a nice trail run. The, the trail was finally uh, not so sloggy. I've run it a few times and basically was sliding through my run instead of running through my run. But yesterday, it was a bit nicer. The weather was nice. In fact, I had to strip down to a t-shirt and shorts in order to finish the run. It was just so hot out there. And I was running along and really just enjoying being out there in the the spring-like weather. Uh, Here we are, beginning of another month of winter, of February. And it felt like spring. And so I was really enjoying that weather. Uh, and, and so I actually kicked it up a little bit. I, I decided it was, I, I probably wasn't going to have a, much of a chance to run much more this week because of the rains that were coming in and the cold that was coming in. And so I just decided today was the day to really kind of stretch my legs and push those muscles and, and really get a good workout. And so, um, I really pushed it. Uh, one of my intentions was to run every uphill that I hit. Um, if you've ever heard the saying in trail running, um, you always want to walk a steep uphill and uh, steep. It means anything that is uphill. So you're constantly trying to find that rhythm, but never finding it in trail trail running. So you hit those hills and you have to take a little breather sometimes, especially when they're nice little climb. But yesterday was my hill day. I decided to, to use that to really try to get my legs at a new place. Well, there's probably no surprise that I woke up this morning and my leg muscles are aching. Uh, you know, I've got some tightness in my hips that I'll have to work out today. And my my calves and, and my thighs are both just really tight and, and achy, uh, knowing that I got an extra little workout in on those parts of my body. And so you're probably wondering uh, what this is about. This is, has nothing to do whether you whether you should go exercise and whether you should be sore this morning. I'm not extolling any of that as much is to say that part of what I was doing yesterday was putting my body under some stress, was really trying to push the level of of comfort in my body uh, to allow my body a chance to, well, get stronger. That's what we do when we're trying to build a muscle. If you've ever been on uh, that place where you're trying to build your body up, you know that. You know you just, you're trying to challenge your body. And so, each week you might be trying to do more repetitions on weights or you might be wanting to add more weights. And if you're a runner or a biker or a rower or any other cardio person, you know, you're trying to go a little faster, a little faster cadence or, um, you know, a little more challenge on the uphills. You're, you're trying to do something that's going to get you some benefit. Now, what's interesting to me is that we know that when we're trying to exercise. You know, nobody tries to be totally comfortable if they're trying to make progress in, uh, in getting into shape. I, I know some people, I watch them at the gym, where they are entirely comfortable while they're exercising. They're reading a book, they're talking on the phone, they're, they're not out of breath at all. And we all know that that's a way of saying to ourselves, see, I'm exercising, right? But it's not really pushing to improve the body. And so 
What I'm talking about here is we all know that when we're trying to really build a body up, we do it by challenging it. And we make ourselves uncomfortable. We, we stress those muscles to get those muscles to respond. That's what I'm talking about. So why uh, work on that uh, piece of, of discomfort? Well, because that's where our growth is. The interesting thing is the rest of the time we talk about this uncomfortable place, this discomfort by using words like stress um, and uh, unfair life and why does this happen to me? And I think that's where we lose track of the possibilities that are in the midst of the challenge. I got to see a video by um, Rabbi Dr. Abraham Tworsky. If you're not familiar, he nice, beautiful, warm guy who's on um, the videos just kind of stroking his long white beard and giving some wisdom out. Well, this one was, he was talking about the fact that he was in the doctor's office. And while he was in the doctor's office waiting for his appointment, he was flipping through a magazine, probably like you and I do. And, you know, usually there are magazines that aren't exactly our interest. And so we're trying to find something just to distract us a little bit. Now it's a little easier because you might have your iPhone or your Android phone or your tablet or something with you to, to keep your mind off of just waiting for the doctor. But uh, uh, Abraham Tversky was looking at a magazine and he found this article about how lobsters grow. Now, I probably would not have been particularly drawn to that article either, but he decided to read it. He decided there might be something in there. And what happens with lobsters is if you've ever um, cooked a lobster, you know that inside they're kind of ooey and gooey until you cook them and then they're just kind of fleshy. There's no bones in there, right? They're just kind of this fleshy creatures. Um, And so the only thing that keeps them from just kind of being a big jelly mass is their shell. The problem is once a shell is hardened, the shell doesn't grow. This is true also for crabs and and other things like that. The shell gets to a place and it's like an armor, right? It's like they're carrying their armor around on them and it hardens and it keeps them safe most of the time, but it also keeps them covered, keeps them in there. And so how do lobsters grow? Well, they get to this place where their shell no longer fits them. They've expanded as far as they can, and they become uncomfortable. And at the point when they become uncomfortable, they have to shed their shell. This is also true for crabs. If you've ever had soft-shell crabs, what you're eating is the place where that crab has escaped its shell and has not yet gotten another protective shell. And lobsters do the same thing. They molt. And so when they molt, they, they get out of their shell. They bust their shell, get out of their shell, and allow another one to uh, uh, calcify on their body so they're once again protected. What causes them to do that? Discomfort. That's the signal. That's the biological signal for a lobster that it's time for a bigger shell. It's time for something larger. And when we are looking at that as a model, what uh, Abraham Tworsky points out is that that's kind of like stress in our life, that a lot of times we like to look at that stress on the outside that is making us uncomfortable, and we want to just get away from it. We want to back away from it instead of using it as the place that's pointing to the fact that we need to grow. So great model, great thing to think about how crabs, how how lobsters in uh, Tworsky's model there are 
having to grow only when they become uncomfortable. There's got to be something that grabs them and makes them uncomfortable. There's got to be something that grabs you and makes you uncomfortable in order for you to find a new place of growth. So the question is, what do you do with that instead of just kind of allowing the place of discomfort to be an avoidance place? And that really is a lot of times what we end up doing is we, we treat it as something to be avoided. But let's just think about, about that for a minute. We've ta- already talked about how you build muscle. How, how about your immune system? What gives you a strong, robust immune system? Well, we know now that part of what creates a strong immune system is challenges to that immune system. Now, it doesn't need an all-out assault that might be deadly, but challenges to the immune system all along. In fact, one of the reasons that they believe that there is an uptick in allergies and asthma is because we have created such an antiseptic world for our kids that their immune system doesn't have anything to fight off. And so it ends up looking for something else to fight off and finds pollen and, and other, uh, other particulates in the air, other pollutants in the air to go after instead, creating an allergic reaction. Now, that there is a, a belief that that's the case, and there's a theory that that's what our body is doing because we haven't had challenges to it. We've cleaned up everything. You know, you remember in the days where we would be outside playing in the dirt and coming in and probably eating something with some dirt on our hands. And now we have the soap that's antibacterial and antiseptic. And we uh, put the the um, different alcohol rubs on us to kill the germs. Now, let me just say right now, I am not saying to stop do that, doing that. As we are approaching flu season, it's probably a good way to keep from getting an illness that's going to knock you out. I'm just using that as one more uh, metaphor for the fact that the way our body grows and develops an immune system or muscles is through some challenge. It's through something coming in there that it has to respond to robustly. It's just the rhythm of life. Think about in your own life the times when you've found yourself growing. It probably was a place of discomfort, then followed by a place of change, which allowed you to have some space of comfort that then led to another area of discomfort. If you've got kids, you probably had the same experience I did watching them and knowing that I went through the same thing, that you watch kids get very frustrated when they're at the top edge of their developmental phase, but they haven't gotten to that next level that allows them to do something. So you put a baby on the floor when a baby is a baby baby, and you know they just kind of sit there and kick and coo. And then suddenly they, they realize that they want to get around. They want to get to something. And they want to crawl, but they don't have the capacity of doing it yet. And so they keep working at it. They keep trying and trying and trying because there's something inborn with us about trying to take on that challenge. And they finally get up on their hands and their knees and they start scooting across the floor. And that's great for a while. But then at some point they have something in their hands and and they want to move with something in their hands. And so they realize that their feet could get them there and leave their hands available to hold that snack or hold that toy. And so they, they pull themselves up and they found their balance. And you know that place where they're not quite there yet because they keep falling on their, their diapers and they keep uh, collapsing and, and messing up. And what do they do? They keep doing it because there's a discomfort there. They have something they want to get done and they might not even know exactly what it is, but there's something calling them forward in their life. And there's a discomfort that allows them to keep pushing until they get up, they find their balance and they start taking their steps, at which point there's a new comfort level. 
They're happy with that. They're happy with that stage of development until it's time to run. They want to get somewhere faster. And so then they're, they have that discomfort again. The, the uncomfortable place has come back. And so that, that discomfort calls them to move their feet a little faster. And pretty soon they're able to run and then they're comfortable again until the next thing comes along. They want to ride the bike or the scooter or something else and something else pulls them along. Same with language. If you've watched a child who is just frustrated that their language skills will not allow them to describe what they want or what they need or how they're feeling until they master the next language skill. Well, that's the stair step pattern for our life. The stair-step pattern is discomfort followed by something calling us to change, which leads us to feel comfort until we hit the next level of discomfort. The stair-step is the pattern of life. Now, I want to be clear here. I'm not saying that you always have to be uncomfortable, but I do want to say you don't always need to be comfortable. You don't always have to be in the midst of discomfort but you also don't have to be in the midst of comfort all the time. There is something important about those pieces. There's stress and adversity that build us up, but those are the things we tend to avoid. The tough things come along and we avoid them instead of seeing those as opportunities for growth and for building something else that we want to move towards. So the question is, can you embrace the pieces that you might be calling stress or adversity in your life as calls to change. They're calling to you, saying it's time for you to grow. It's time for you to change. It's time for you to come to a new place. Now you can back away and be caught in comfort. And we have more and more research that tells us what happens to our body when we decide to lock in on comfort, when we decide to not push our bodies. We, we know what that level of, of lack of activity does to us and how it begins to cripple our body. When we become sedentary, we act as if that's going to be a comfortable place for us, but our body begins to fall apart at that point when we become sedentary, and we become uncomfortable again as our body finds itself falling apart. So that discomfort is calling us away from that sedentary place to a new place of growth. So is it possible for all of us to step back and say, where have I avoided the stress and adversity and allowed myself to be uh, caught by the desire for comfort rather than desire for growth. The question really is of our viewpoint. Is discomfort to be avoided or is discomfort uh, something to move through? When we avoid it, we're trying to stay in that comfortable place. And life is not about that. Life is always throwing us pieces that we, we have to move through or avoid. So the question is, can we reframe this and say, my task is to move through the discomfort, to find my growth through the discomfort so that I can find a real legitimate place of comfort waiting for the next cycle to come my way. It's not about trying to stay in discomfort. Let me be clear that you don't have to go seek it out. Life will bring it right to you. Uh, we will have challenges along the way, whether they're career or relational or parenting uh, or health that will challenge us. There will be things that happen to those around us that will challenge our thinking. There will be events in our lives that will challenge how we understand ourselves and the world. And the question is, do we work to avoid or can we move to them? So how do you use the discomfort to move forward? Well, I think there are several ways you can do that. 
One is to ask the question, why am I uncomfortable? Now, a lot of times I'm not really thrilled with that why question, but in this case, I really think it's an important thing to, to ask. Why am I uncomfortable? I think you might find that there are actually three very clear reasons for the discomfort. One is something's a bad fit. Two is something is the old fit. And three is something is of a growth fit. So a bad fit may be that something never really fit for you, that you really are in the wrong place. I've talked with people who have built their careers only to get there and realize that they weren't living out their career. They were living out a parent's career. And the same with other areas in life, whether it's relationships or other things where they find that they have been living out somebody else's expectations of how their life should be. Think about how we sometimes just stumble through our lives, kind of following where people point us rather than saying, is this where I want to go? Years ago, I was talking with an attorney, very successful attorney who was absolutely miserable. And I said, you, you've been through this a long time. You've been doing this work for, what, 20 years and you went through law school. And so what's happened? And he said, you know, I realized that my parents had an expectation for me to be an attorney. It was not ever my desire. So after all of those years of being an attorney, he realized that he had to step up and decide that this was a bad fit for him. It was never a place that nurtured his soul, that gave him any passion in life, that never left him with a place of meaning and purpose. Now, let me be clear. It's not about attorneys. I've met many attorneys that feel like they're doing exactly what they were designed to do, and they feel like they are helping the world. So it's not about attorneys. It's about this attorney realizing it was a bad fit for him. And that can be true in many areas of our lives. You may say, you know what? This is just a bad fit. It's never been the right place for me. Now, just because it's a bad fit doesn't mean you have to abandon it, but you may have to change it up a little bit to get there. You can either leave or shift when something is tough. So sometimes it's a bad fit and you say, I can't do anything about this. I've got to leave. Other times you say, I can't, uh, I can't stay with the fit it is, but I, maybe the, the way I change it can change everything. I was talking with a real estate agent who was making great money as a real estate agent, very successful and very unhappy. And part of his discomfort, part of the bad fit for him was he was tired of going from sell to sell to sell to sell. And all he was doing was trying to bring in his commission. When I pointed out to him that part of what he was doing was making people, helping people to find a home. He was making a, 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 an assistance with people moving, not just to find a house, but into a home. He reframed himself and everything about what he did so that he was trying to seek out somebody's new home. And, and allowing somebody else who is leaving a home to find something else and to sell that successfully. And so it revamped his entire career because what had been a bad fit before just needed some transformation to get to it to be a good fit. Maybe it's an old fit. I remember when I finished seminary, um, I was uh, wearing some old shoes and a friend of mine had a, another friend who owned a, a store and he, he said, hey, let's get you some new shoes. And so I went in and I asked for the size that I'd been wearing and I tried to shove my foot into it. And I said, you know, these just aren't fitting right They're They're just too tight. And and the guy said, well, you know, uh, let's try another pair. So he brought another pair of the size that I thought I wore, and we tried that, and it didn't fit either. And finally, he said, let's measure your foot. Well, it turned out that over the intervening years, my foot had grown another size bigger. And so I had been trying to cram myself into an old fit. I had outgrown that place. 
Again, sometimes it's a matter of leaving or shifting. So I could have decided that I would never wear a shoe again, or I could decide that I just needed a bigger size up. And so it's the same as that bad fit. Sometimes we have to say, I don't fit here anymore. Maybe at some point it was a good fit, but it's not anymore and I have to shift to something else, or I have to shift it to something new around that. So think about the places in your life that maybe you've outgrown. Maybe it's a thinking pattern that you've outgrown. You realize it doesn't work anymore to think that way. You don't have to necessarily leave the circumstances, but find a new shift to a new way of thinking. But you may also find that it's time to move to a whole different uh, place to, to carry that out. And then there's the growth fit. Sometimes the discomfort is around the fact that you're finding something you need to grow into, but you're still struggling to get there. It's kind of like a child who's trying to figure out how to master those skills of crawling or walking or running or talking, that there is the place where it can be very uncomfortable while you're trying to grow. There's nothing wrong with what you're doing. It's not a bad fit. It's not an old fit. It's kind of a new fit. There's a growth that you're trying to get into. Uh, and so it might be more, if you were back to the analogy of the shoes, it might be more about breaking the shoes in, getting your feet used to them. Maybe they rub somewhere because the shoes you wore before didn't fit that way. And, and so you're trying to find a new way for it to fit. It's not that it's a bad fit. It's not. It's the wrong fit. It's not. It's the old fit. It's the new fit, the growth fit that you're trying to move into. So then I would suggest you ask yourself the question, how are you growing? Choose your course. It's so easy for us to fall into the expectations of others and find ourselves just kind of bobbing down the road with the direction coming from external sources, not from within ourselves. So the question begins to be, who do you want to be? What is the course you want to track for your life, no matter where you are in life? It doesn't matter if you're at the beginning of, of kind of being on your own, you know, if you're kind of finishing college or if you're at the end of your career or even long years after that, you still always have a course to choose in front of you. Where do you want to get to? Who do you want to be in the midst of that? And one way of thinking about that is to decide that part of growth is always about raising your standards. Standards is what you expect of yourself. It's not who you've been. It's what you expect of yourself. It's not about boundaries, about how people will treat you, but about what you expect of yourself. Being the best person you can be given what you can see right now. Now, our standards are always in a place of growth and we can always raise our standards but the first thing to ask is, where is the place we see it now? Can I be the best person I can be given what I understand right now? And one way to think about that is look at the traits that you most admire in other people. Look at the traits maybe you even admire in yourself and say, can I aspire to raise those? Can I aspire to hit the standard you see in other people? Can I aspire to a standard I see just above where I am now? That's how we raise the standards, by saying, what are the things that attract me to other people? What are the things that I like about myself, and can I take them one level up? Can I raise my standards? The other piece of this is to take on the struggle and the discomfort as a challenge. To always see that the struggles that are coming your way, the challenges that are coming your way, are just that. They're opportunities for growth. You don't need to seek them out. They'll come your way, but you don't need to avoid them. Because when you do that, you end up stunning your own growth. You know, I've watched my son play video games because they are far different than they used to be. And one of the things I've noticed is as the stage progresses in the video games now, you gain new skills. And those new skills get you ready for the next level up. 
and the next boss bad guy. And so every stage is designed to give you new skills, new capabilities, so that you're able to go to something else. I find that people tell me the same thing about a musical instrument. And maybe they're trying to learn something and they just can't get their fingers to do what they need them to do. And they go on a little bit and then they come back a little bit and realize that they've mastered something that they didn't realize they mastered. And that's true in our daily life, that when we look back on the challenges, we notice the growth. It looks like nothing's changed day to day. But when we look back, everything's changed. We have taken on those challenges and grown. As long as we've seen that the challenges are about our growth and are about our change. Discomfort and challenge is about growth. So celebrate the moments of comfort that you do have. You don't have to revel in your comfort and avoid the discomfort, but celebrate it when you get to that new place. Because when you get to a place after you've been uncomfortable, after you've been through the discomfort where you find comfort, you know that you've grown into a new place. That place has become the new normal for you. And then you wait for the next place because you want to embrace then the points of challenge that are coming your way. And the biggest thing is to commit to growth forward. Challenges come our way. They build us up. They get us ready for the next stage of our lives. They give us the skills we need to to move forward. And when we don't do that, the lessons keep repeating. We keep finding ourselves having to learn that lesson until we embrace the challenge and move to a new level in our lives. Enjoy the comfort there because it's short-lived. Something else will come along stretching you into a new place. Take on your discomfort as a point of growth. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best for a thriving life. You've been listening to the Thrivology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it.